The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 113. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. It's when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Brave hearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position universe. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Allons-y! I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Ta-da! Should be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series Doctor Who, both new and classic. Today we're discussing the 10th Doctor story. It's a two-part story, Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks. And joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? So, folks, remember to like the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page, uh, retweet us on Twitter at SQPN, leave us comments. Uh, we have lots of great comments that people, we have a great community on our Facebook page, on our website at SQPN.com, and on Twitter where people are, are, are engaging in discussions and sending us their comments and feedback. It's, it's awesome. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, if you're just trying it out, say, uh, be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Google Play. Stitcher, tune in your favorite podcast app or on YouTube where you can hit the bell to make sure you get notifications when a new episode goes up. And above all, please share the podcast with your friends to help us grow this great community of Doctor Who fans and reach more listeners. So uh, before we get started, I want to just mention to folks that if you're not yet listening to Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World, this is a must for uh, all of our Secrets of Doctor Who listeners. And this is uh, these these shows go hand in hand. Secrets <laughs> um, <laughs> of uh, so uh, I'm sorry. Mysterious World is a show about um, the real world where mysteries are present. And uh, Jimmy and I, uh, and mostly Jimmy, because he's the expert, explore some of these great mysteries of the past, the present, um, uh, mysteries of uh, scripture, the future, the future um, all kinds of great stuff. Go, just go to um, sqpn.com slash mysterious check out some of our previous episodes and you'll see the the vast uh variety of shows that we're doing and we get some great ones coming up as well so please go check that out uh, if you if you have not yet listened thank you dom i hadn't known you were going to say that i hadn't uh thought about it this way but we kind of do go everywhere in space and time on uh on mysterious (laughs) world that's right that's right so uh today as i mentioned at the top we're talking about a this two-part uh episode from the uh, fourth season of the the renewed Doctor Who. Uh, it aired third season. Third, third season. I knew I was going to get that wrong because I didn't write it down. And if I don't <laughs> write it down, I won't get it right. Fourth season is Donna. Two seasons of Rose, a season of Martha, which is what we're doing now, and then a yep. season of Donna. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. This is the, the, the Daleks in Manhattan is the fourth episode of the third season. I misread my notes. So... Good save. Uh, good, thank you. Uh, I knew I, I knew I was right somehow, and that that has to be clear. So, um, it aired uh, initially the first episode, uh, April of two thousand seven. So, 
kind of situates it in time for you. And um, this is, um, like you said, Martha Jones and David Tennant uh, as the Doctor, the Tenth Doctor. And so the the basic premise is is they're 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 continuing the, their journey through time on their way back to uh, Martha's time, which is coming up next. The next episode after this, they get back to twenty first century uh, London. But now they've they've uh, arrived in New York City in the 1930s during the building of the Empire State Building, uh, where uh, they conveniently encounter uh, the a, a, the cult of Scaro, who are trying to destroy humanity and reign supreme and blah, 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 the usual uh, yeah. cult, uh, Dalek nonsense. So and we've met met the cult of Scaro a couple of times before. Yeah. Could you. So let's let's talk about that first. Uh, so where have we seen the cult of Scaro? There. Their beginning is in classic Who. No, no, no. Their their beginning is in New Who. Um, they're they're a, a, a creation of the Time War. Apparently, the Emperor Dalek uh, commissioned these four individual Daleks who have names um, mm-hmm. to think to be a kind of Dalek think tank that would envision other desperate ways of surviving the time war. So they developed an ability to emergency time shift out of the time war, which is why they're not time locked. And um, they uh, they were at the Battle of Canary Wharf. That's the time we saw them most recently. And they time shifted to get out of that. And so now we're meeting them again. That's where, so they time shifted to this to New York City in the thirties. Yeah, after um, burrowing through the time lock, sort of. Right, right. With um, that big giant Goa old telecommunications ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, nice Stargate reference there. That'll be on Secrets of Stargate eventually. Uh, so when we, uh, one of the things that's interesting about these two episodes is that even though they're Dalek episodes. At no time do the Daleks ever utter the the line "exterminate" in the first episode. In the I'm sorry, in the first episode, yes, in the second yeah. episode they did. It's all over the they, second episode. Yeah, that's they, true. Uh, right, and especially right before they kill Solomon. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. It was. I I had that note, and then I didn't uh, didn't uh, double check when I was watching the second episode. Uh, so the we begin with um, this. Backstage of this theater, not Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's off, 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 off Broadway. Sort of a, um, uh, what's that style called? Uh, uh, burlesque, burlesque sort of theater. Um, in in the thirties, and we have um a dancing girl and the stage manager, and um, they have the stage worst hand. stage hand. Oh, right, yeah, the stage. Yeah, he's a hand. Um, anyway, they um. They have the worst New York accents and <laughs> stereotypes. I mean, I'm they are to... with three L's and an H. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to trust you on that. These are bad New York accent stuff. I you, Once you get above the Mason-Dixon line, it's it starts to get fuzzy for me. So I'll <laughs> well, take your word. They're way over the top, like that they're w- trying way too hard to do a New mm. York accent. And it's it is. It is heavy duty. Uh, just say. It, it does. It does taper down as the episode goes on, especially into the second episode. But boy, at this beginning, ah, oh, she was hard to listen to. Right. Well, the actress who plays Tallulah is is, in fact, British. So she's she's yep. doing an American accent. So that's part of it. Attempting yep. an American accent <laughs> might be a better way to put that. <laughs> right. 
Oh my! It was. I mean, it was like some. Oh, in one sense, it's some, like something out of the '30s, like a, a movie from the '30s where you and, you saw that sort of thing. To be to be fair, the uh, the when this is the guy who played yes. Laszlo, the, her her boyfriend slash stagehand, um, he is American. He I is believe right. he was from Chicago area. Right, right. Originally, right. his his was not uh, nearly as bad, but it was it was up there. Um, so we have this. Uh, the uh, the girl goes on. Tallulah goes on to stage. Lazlo stays behind and then he hears a noise, the classic don't go back there noise and gets yeah. attacked by a pig man, uh, a, a man with the head of a pig. Um, and and then we cut from that. And then we we are now at um, Bedloe's Island, which is the actual island that the Statue of Liberty on. Most people think it's Ellis Island, but Ellis Island is oh. not the Statue. Of, we actually now call it Liberty Island, I think, is the, is yes. the name today. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was called Bedloe's Island, and they were at Good the good rebranding. Yeah, <laughs> much better. Um, uh, and uh, they they arrive there, and the doctor is kind of a, this funny moment where the doctor is uh, trying to figure out what year it is based on what he sees around him. And Martha says, "Oh, it's November first, nineteen thirty," and shows him the newspaper <laughs> with the date yeah. on. Every once in a while, they like to they like to turn that around where the doctor's still trying to figure it out, and the companion sees a clue or something yeah. to give him a hint. Yeah. Oh, it must be about. Well, how did you know that? It's right here. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's on a plaque or on a yeah, exactly. So the Empire State Building is under construction, and uh, this is historical. The Empire State Building started construction in March 1930 and finished in April 1931. Uh, so this is which a, is really fast. Yes, mm-hmm. which for what was the tallest building in the world at the time. Um, and, uh, so then we get a little back and forth about that. And then we cut to Central Park, uh, where they, uh, they show up at the, um, well, to back up the headline on the paper is that people are disappearing from a uh, Hooverville in Central mm-hmm. Park and uh, Hoovervilles are also a, a historical Real. reality. Yep. Yep. Um, they, they, they're basically, basically homeless settlements. People lost everything in the great depression and they ended up in these basically shanty towns wherever they could find places to put them, especially yep. in the big cities. Named ironically after uh, President Herbert Hoover, sort of. Who uh, was yeah. blamed for the Great Depression. Right. Um, the one in uh, New York City, there was one in New York City in Central Park. It's It was on what is now called the Great Lawn, but it was at mm-hmm. the time an empty reservoir. So it might not have actually looked as tree filled and pastoral as it did in the in the show uh, in reality. But uh, but it's still placed you know there. And it was one of the large ones. There was also ones, I think, in New York. I mean, so in Washington, D.C. was a quite large mm-hmm. one and some others. Um, okay. And we, we get an extended exposition about who reveals between the doctor mm-hmm. and Martha. Um, what did you think about like the, the amount of time they spent on kind of bringing that up? Uh, any. Well, I didn't strike me particularly, I guess, you know, in a way, it's kind of revisiting their educational remit from the early days of the show. That's what I kind of thought. And, and, you know, for us in the States, you know, hopefully the Great Depression is still a part of our, you know, our lived history. And we still understand what the Great Depression was. And I, I... don't know how much that's known outside of our country, though. Yeah. So, that, so someplace like Great Britain, you know, the Great Depression, at least as we lived it, I don't know what Britain went through. See, I mean, that that's like they don't know kind of what the Great Depression like what it was like for our country. We don't know what they lived through at the same time. 
Yeah, actually, Father Corey, you're right. I remember thinking at the time, oh, they're backfilling the story for the British audience because they won't know as much about the Depression. Right, right. Uh, So they they get to this Hooverville and immediately encounter uh, a black man and a white man fighting over a loaf of bread. And this uh, second black man steps up and his name is Solomon. And he stops the fighting and split that bread in half. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, very clearly, this is a solid like a a reference to King Solomon from the Bible, who, um, well, he, he threatened to cut a baby in half for two women disputing that it was their child. Um, knowing that yeah, one it, of them it, would say, no, no, let him live. And that would be the it, right mother. It, it, in this case, neither says, let him have all of the bread, though. No, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's not as big a concern if you split a loaf of bread in half. You just don't get as much bread. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so we uh, it was interesting. They talk about how the Hoovervilles, you know, where uh, it does in, in the Hoovervilles, it doesn't matter if you're white or black or uh, if you were, you know, once a lawyer or you were a district, that actually was also true. Uh, Hoovervilles mm-hmm. were racially integrated. Poverty really broke down all those stupid barriers that people had put up uh, between between the races. It, it up to a to a degree, yes. Although actually, even though I've uh, criticized the show in recent times as being a little too PC here, the, uh, as or painting with an overly negative brush on on this subject here i think that the actually for 1930s this is this is not as racist as it would have been mm-hmm. yeah they do kind of uh skim over that quick pretty quickly and move and move on uh with yeah. it yeah that's but true it's a fantasy show yeah yes now did you did you recognize the actor who played uh, uh solomon in this do you recognize where he's from you look very familiar i had to look him up because he did look familiar <laughs> yeah so he was he Captain was, Panaka in Star Wars: Phantom Menace. He was the head of Queen Amidala's uh, honor guard. So that was he was I'm so much better in this role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you actually admit that that show even exists. But no. yeah. well, I have to admit that even my kids actually like it. But you know, that's they're yeah. they're young. Well, and there's, so. there's 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 yeah. another actor coming up here in this yes. scene that is also very. He's even more more well known. Oh yeah. Um. In fact, uh, the young man who play uh, who's Frank. Played by Andrew Garfield, who yep. be, becomes you know plays Spider Man at one point, but even has gone beyond that now with um, yep. wonderful Hacksaw movies, Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge and Silence. Um, and I found it very interesting that the character he plays in this um, is you know young man from Tennessee is very similar in many ways, at mm-hmm. least in accent and demeanor to the character he played in Hacksaw Ridge, who was a real person. Uh, yeah. in that um so D- difference was frank was willing to pick up a gun unlike desmond doss <laughs> yes yes um uh, andrew garfield was born in los angeles but raised in england so he, he does mm-hmm. have a british accent uh but he is an, an american by birth in that sense so mm-hmm. uh so uh, and you know he he is as his promise shows here he he does play the role yeah, well this, this, this was before he became well known as spider-man and everything oh, yeah. else he's done since yes so. very early he was an unknown at this point um someone asked the question how can you build the tallest building in the world right next door to where people are starving and it's like mm, yeah simple that, questions don't always have simple answers well and and that I thought betrayed. It's kind of like that episode of um, of Deep Space Nine where the writers are trying to say something 
insightful about capitalism with Quark. And it's clear the writers do not understand capitalism. <laughs> right. And and here we have something similar where they're pointing to the uh, Empire State Building and I, saying ironically, oh, how can they do that when they've got people starving in the heart of Manhattan? And actually, OK, guys, that's generating jobs and food for the starving yeah, people exactly. in Manhattan. Right. Because you want projects to give people work and food and dignity when you have a tough well, economic situation. Well, the irony of that, of course, is a few years after this is set is when you have Roosevelt, FDR's New Deal and everything right. where they're making all these kind of buildings. And we've got a large dam, uh, Fort Peck Dam, you know, 100 miles from here that was made while people were starving, et cetera, et cetera, you know, mm -hmm. because yeah. it got them jobs and food and money and, you know, well, all that kind of stuff. Even in this episode, the even though it's the Daleks who are hiring the people. But the people are in Hooverville are being hired to do work on this building, you know. So it, yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of funny. So we have, um, so so that's. By, by that, the way, I, I I like Martha's comment. Just to back up for a second, I like yeah. Martha's comment at the beginning of the show that it's nice to be in the real New York, not the new 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 one. That's right. That's right. Uh, yes, the genuine article, as the doctor says. Uh, so the 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 prem the bottom um the bottom. The, the foundational premise for this episode is that the Daleks, the Cult of Scarrow, are here. They've been weakened, and they're trying to renew themselves um, and regenerate essentially the Dalek race. Yeah. Uh, so it, they're 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 having the Empire State Building built in a special way with creepy technology, so they can attract the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Pretty, Pretty much, much. yeah. Uh, where Zool is coming uh, to save yeah. the cult of Scarrow. Uh, no, they're, so they're 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 putting these uh, pieces of Dalek technology of the casing. One of the Daleks sacrifices his uh, his uh, casing on the mast, so that when there's a lightning strike, uh, the, or they, they, it creates what they call a gamma strike, a gamma ray strike that looks exactly like a lightning strike for some reason. <laughs> yes, it, it, yes. Uh, and, and, caused by a solar flare, which solar flares don't cause lightning strikes. And that's hitting the other side of the Earth because this is night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you can only have lightning at night in movies and TV shows. I mean, that's just yeah, a fact. Of course. I guess so. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the uh, so they, they're going to have this uh, use this radiation to power their Final solution or final or final, final ex experiment. Yes, I, I did kind of did that intentionally. Um, oh, okay. it, yeah. it it does smack a little bit of uh, the you know the the Nazis uh, language yeah. here uh, the with the way the way they use it. Um, it. It seems to be a conscious callback to to the Nazi final solution. Uh, so then the, they are using they, the the uh, Daleks are using this human um, uh, factotum uh, to, to 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 run things. This. Diagoras, Diagoras, his name is, um, which is, is a, a real Greek name, believe it or not. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I kind of figured I, I looked it up. Um, and the actor is actually a guy from Boston. So he comes by his accent, uh, honestly, but it is a very strong Boston uh, accent masquerading as New York accent. Uh, but but uh, definitely got to take your word on uh, that one. Yes. Boston, New York, it's the same thing, isn't it? Oh, wow. That was oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's it. This podcast is over. No, just kidding. I had to, <laughs> had to throw it in. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the the there's this interesting uh, scene between uh, the Dalek. I think it's Dalek sec and and um, uh, Diagoras 
where they're on the top of the Empire State Building, and they kind of have this discussion where the Dalek is impressed by the human ability, despite being weak and scared of the dark. Um, uh, he knows that the Dalek world is falling, yet New York City always continues throughout time, because he knows that New New, 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 New York and all, etc., will be there in a billion mm-hmm. years. Um, and then even compliments Diagra, says, do you think like a Dalek? Because Diagra says he's going to survive no matter what. Um, and so yeah. you see the, the foundation being laid for what eventually is going to happen to to uh, poor Diagoras here. I feel, ba- I feel bad for him, even though he is a bad guy, because that shouldn't happen to anybody, what, what eventually happens. And, uh, you know, they- I mean, it's kind of an oversimplification, but you could say that the fact that humanity is weaker than a lot of animals on our planet and is f- afraid of the dark, of the dark if you yeah. will, is what led us to develop things like civilization and, and electric cities light. and electric lights <laughs> and, you know, all the stuff that we have. Now, that's a great, gross, gross, gross oversimplification. I mean, right. there's so much more to that than just we were afraid of the dark and we didn't want to get eaten by a lion, a tiger or a bear. Oh, my. Well, in a way, you could say, I mean, it's often said that uh, our intelligence was our greatest weapon, that, you know, we didn't have claws. We didn't have overwhelming power, but what we have was our brain that we could use mm-hmm. to invent the things that, that compensated. Uh, so there, there's, you know, there, there's some, there's some truth in that. Uh, so the Daleks are, are basically, they've created these pig slaves uh, out of human beings that we cast off that aren't intelligent enough for what their, their final experiment is, uh, which is to end up, they're trying to create a Dalek human hybrid um, Daleks that uh, use the best of what human beings have to offer to create a stronger creature, which for most of the Daleks in the Cult of Skyro apparently mean they they think it, they're going to be mostly Dalek. They're going to mm-hmm. be just basically Dalek. Dominantly Dalek. Yes. Da- Daleks on a human body is basically all they're right. thinking. Whereas Dalek sect thinks a little differently. Well, Ian, especially after he gets human infused. Um, yeah. It's interesting the way they redress stuff in this episode um, from Classic Who, because in 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 Classic Who, we didn't have pig pig slaves. Um, instead, they would just take humans and put little electronic devices on their heads and turn them into mm-hmm. Dalek men that yeah. were basically the same thing. They were just thug robot people. And you you, you um, see a little bit of that on, in, in New Who, where they have the, the humans where the eye stock would come out of their out of forehead. forehead. Right. E- eventually, but not at not at this stage. And, no. you know, they're kind of reintroducing the Daleks. And so they've redressed that. And then actually the premise of this episode is redressed um, mm. because they've done this before. In the second Doctor's time, there was a uh, a, a serial called Evil of the Daleks. Mm. And in that one, and it had a black Dalek as the leader, mm. um, which I think must be a deliberate nod to that episode, because in this Dalek sec has a black casing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were trying to extract something they called the human factor. Uh, to improve themselves, and it, um, and and they use the Dalek to uh, the doctor to extract the human factor and then apply it to them, and they ended up creating several humanized Daleks. Now, at that time, they didn't get a new body in a snappy pinstripe zoot suit. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they were still just Daleks in their casing, and so the humanized Daleks, the doctor like put a mark on their casing so he could tell them apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
but they became uh, the, he like initially humanized three Daleks, Alpha, Beta and Omega or I'm sorry, Omega. And <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it just as there, it led to a civil war. So <laughs> among yes. the Daleks, they became too human. So we've actually seen this plot before. And incidentally, it's the one that introduced the doctor's companion, Victoria. Hmm. Interesting. Which doctor was that again? Second Dr. Patrick Trout. Oh, okay, okay. And so, there's a photo novel of this if you want to read it. Interesting. And, and it's, that's the interesting thing that comes up is, is that the other Daleks object to Dalek sex plan to create a human-Dalek hybrid because it introduces impurities because the Daleks oh, yeah. are xenophobes. Only mm -hmm. Dalek is, is worth survival. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. They are they are the master race. They are the best of the best of the best. No right. one else, you know. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Future space Nazis and uh, it, 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 but Dalek set comes back with the with the objection to them. If Daleks are supreme, yeah, yeah, right. It didn't work. If Daleks are supreme, why are there so few of us? And that's an interesting like counterpoint. Mm -hmm. He's actually a Dalek who thinks beyond the programming, but beyond the. The, the, the sloganeering, uh, which, which is, which is the leader of the cult of Scarrow, fulfills his remit. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. also shows the danger from from the Dalek point of view of having independent thinkers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, so the doctor and Martha, eventually they, they go into the sewer system. They find uh, evidence of the Dalek experiments and a, a pound of flesh, literally. <laughs> the the yeah. uh, uh, green glowing jellyfish flesh uh, yeah i like what martha says of course he's gonna pick it up yep he picked it up <laughs> he touched yeah. it. <laughs> let's uh, just hang a lantern on that <laughs> yeah and then uh the, the, at least he didn't lick it oh yeah that, <laughs> even, even knowing it was a like a rubberized whatever that would still make me a little queasy uh they uh they encounter the the the, the slave men the pig slaves uh frank gets captured um they and then they run into Tallulah, uh, and that's where they 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 start to find out about Laszlo, and they'll eventually encounter Laszlo in the sewers again. But he's only been partially converted, and I don't know if he it, escaped. Yeah, okay. So I must have gone quickly, or I missed the line because it seemed like why did Laszlo of all of them get away yeah. before he, the full yeah. conversion? He didn't they, explain. They didn't explain how he got away, but he said he escaped before they wiped his mind. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then uh, I also find it hard to believe that like. <laughs> His voice was exactly the same, so I'm not sure why it was so difficult for Tulula to recognize his voice. Like the whole like mm -hmm. with that encounter, it was very strange. Um, so they they uh, oh, and Tulula um, misunderstands Martha's disappointment that the doctor doesn't uh, notice her in a romantic fashion as the doctor being into musical theater. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is an interesting euphemism uh, and a, mm -hmm. a bit of, a, an old stereotype that we probably would never fly today. Um, nope. Also, why is there a manhole cover to the sewers in the theater? Yeah, I wondered about that, too, because <laughs> plot device. <laughs> because, yes, because plot device. Um, I, I, about that pound of flesh, I did find it slightly reminiscent of the genesis of the Daleks. That there was like there, the, were, that there were quite a few part. callbacks to quite a few callbacks to Genesis of the Daleks in this. Yeah, you know, talking yeah. about their creator created them to be the ultimate race. You know, of course, talking about uh, uh, Davros. Ah, Davros, <laughs> thank you. I hate when I blink like that. Um, but you know, there were there were quite a few callbacks to that episode. Mm -hmm. I always get them mixed and, up with the city and with Switzerland, but uh, 
Davos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, they say has similar aims. So <laughs> exactly. at least the group that meets there. It's a little on the nose, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, they eventually explain the, the gloppy thing that the doctor finds in the sewer as a cast off experiment. Um, it's a Dalek embryo, apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. from when they had tried regenerating themselves before they came up with the human thing. Yes. And it didn't work. And that's why they're turning to the human thing. Right. So also yeah. also at the at about this point in the plot uh Solomon goes back up after escaping from the sewer he goes back to Hooverville and has this one of several great speeches he gets great meaning large and prominent um right. not necessarily best literary quality but I did like this one where he is uh, organizing the people in Hooverville to defend themselves against the Daleks. And he's expressly saying, arm yourselves. We're going to set up sentries and everything. He's telling Mm -hmm. them to pick up weapons and defend themselves. And it's like, yes, sanity on Doctor Who in the face of a threat. (laughs) Exactly. Now, he then goes totally new, 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 new who. (laughs) <laughs> with the why can't we all just be friends, which leads to its obvious result. Yes, in yeah. the second episode, <laughs> you cannot uh, be friends with to a... hear that. I can't have to expect to hear that song in the background. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> no, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So Solomon kind of has a a sudden personality change here between the two phases of the show, but it was nice to see the sensible phase while it lasted. Right. Right. Um. It, it's. Uh... Although it was, it was interesting, you know, for the speech of I don't like violence, and I don't like weapons, but go arm yourself. And then they throw open a tent and there's an, a fully stocked armory waiting for them. But yeah, that hey, was that, that, that works. That was actually the next one. But yeah, I thought that was a, a little interesting, too, that they, they, they had all these weapons. I mean, he's a veteran. He says that early on in the first episode that he's a veteran of the First World War. And, you know, he knows he knows wherever he speaks uh, on, on the topic of war and, you know, mm-hmm. battle. So there's that. Um, so it's, it's, and, and weapons in the past have been much more assumed than they are right. today. I mean, yeah. back in back in the day, you know, in the old west, if you, even if you were like a criminal and had been mm-hmm. in jail, when you got out of jail, they gave you back your gun because right. you would need it to survive. Yes, um, I even remember reading an account of Beatrix Potter. You know, the author mm-hmm. oh, yeah. S of all the little children's books, Peter Rabbit and everything. Yep. And she apparently was at a social gathering of like 13 people, and it turned out 12 of them were armed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there were guns and even in the in the rabbit books. One of our favorite ones with my kids is the one where the uh, the bad rabbit ends up shooting his own tail off <laughs> with mishandling a gun <laughs> or gun safety yes exactly. I, was, I was i was starting to kind of get skittishy with tallulah's really appalling gun safety yes uh practices until she explains it's just a prop it's like okay then you can fool around with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly but well every gun you should treat it as loaded even if it's a play gun that's the yep. that's the the rule so um yeah. the uh one of the another interesting moment was actually with the foreman of the in the construction project with Diagoras. At one point, he says, uh, "These new bosses, what's their names?" And Diagoras says, "You could say they're out of, from out of town, Italian." Yeah, <laughs> a bit exactly. further than that, I, I enjoyed that that <laughs> bit. That was good. Uh, so uh, as as the episode, the first episode comes to an end. It's uh, they they the Daleks have uh, Dalek Sec has taken Diagoras who has proven himself to be intelligent and uh, like a Dalek, and he kind of absorbs him 
it was kind of very disturbing where it just the the, the Dalek casing opens, he reaches out with tentacles. Them, yeah, he basically kind of swallows him and uh sucks him back into the casing where it, it's it's it is very reminiscent of a cocoon, like a chrysalis. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. where what's coming out is not gonna be a butterfly. Big sticky no. chrysalis. Yeah, and uh the, the, obviously those those delicate casings are quite spacious if you can fit a full grown human being underneath it or at the bottom of it well i'm guessing it wasn't very comfortable in there but uh they so we've, he's we've seen people get inside dalek casings before after all the guy the operators playing the daleks have to well that's yes, true yes um so when the uh the, the 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 evolution of the hybrid eventually ends out uh walks uh the the new Dalek hybrid, uh, in a snappy 1930s zoot suit and a really ridiculous looking squid head. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. I, I have to say that that squid head looked really bad. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. just, uh, <laughs> the, the one eyed head with the, the sort of blobby uh, uh, stubs of tentacles. And and it's got Diagoras's New York accent, which is even worse because it's apparently a different actor. Uh, hmm. I'm oh, guessing, oh, okay. Yeah, I looked it up, and the Dalek hybrid was played by a different actor than Diagoras, who hmm. probably didn't want to put the mask on or something. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's where so where it ends is uh, is is with his emergence and the visual design. This is one of the things that is most criticized about about this story, as well as the general incoherence, because this is where it really starts to go off the rails. Yeah. Is the introduction of, of Dalek Sec in his new humanized form. Um, but the visual design of, of, of this with the human body and the zoot suit and the squid head is just thought by many to be one of the worst things about this. Yeah. It, it, yes. <laughs> there are things that, that are, that are, are okay with this episode, but in general, yeah. We and we can get into our assessment at the uh, as we get to the end, I guess. But uh, so then that brings us to the next episode, Evolution of the Daleks, um, where Which we start very, very with... class, very classic Who Dalek th- uh, title, yes. something of the Daleks, yes, right. And yes. this is the first time they've used that convention in New Who, right. Uh, and then we get this discussion here with with the Doctor and Martha are are present at this point in the Dalek laboratory. And um, the doctor tries to engage him, uh, the, the, this new hybrid, uh, in conversation. And they, they get into a, some, a somewhat philosophical discussion of what is humanity about? Is it about yeah. aggression, <laughs> hatred, and war? Or is it about love and, and friendship? Music and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And this is, this is really where, just from a writing perspective, this is, this is where they're really starting to have problems. I mean, the cliffhanger gave us the visually ridiculous humanized Dalek form. And now at the top of the second episode, the doctor asks Dalek Sec what he feels. And his answer is, I feel humanity. And it's like, okay, you've just, you've just told us the plot for the rest of the episode. Mm, right. It is totally clear that from this moment forward, Dalek Sec is going to be progressively more humanized, and that will lead to a civil war with the other Daleks, and it is going to end badly for Dalek Sec, and the Doctor will in some way end up allying with Dalek Sec and be crushed at the <laughs> defeat in the whole thing. It's like you've just given away the whole plot. Right. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, from this point on, there isn't 
I mean, there isn't a whole lot to talk about in the sense of the plot. It's just a lot of action back and forth. And that um, doesn't make sense. We then go back to Hooverville, right. where the Daleks have gotten all shooty on people. And yep. Solomon intervenes with another of his speeches, this one spectacularly ill-advised, can't we be friends speech to the Daleks. We as viewers know, and the Daleks back in the Empire State Building are watching this over their you know, re- remote surveillance. And mm-hmm. you know, ex- again, exactly what's going to happen. Solomon makes his speech. The Do- the Dalek who is there will shoot him and kill him. But Dalek Sec watching over the monitor will be moved by what's by what Solomon did, and that's exactly what happens. Right, right, uh, yeah. Uh, it it's it's given uh, given what we saw of what the Daleks were doing. Just that he would like this. Uh, Solomon get, goes into this whole thing like. Uh, I'm terrified, but it's got to give me hope knowing that the universe is bigger. And and then they get shot down. Like, if you have any compassion in your hearts, it's a very cynical moment, isn't it? Like, it's very mm-hmm. cynical. Like, nope, no hope for you. Zap, exterminated. Uh, it's Yeah, it's, um, but also obvious. And uh, so anyway, uh, the doctor... And, and- and then for the first time this episode, the first time this episode, the doctor becomes suicidal and right. and and, mm. and and demands that the Daleks kill him, but then wants to tack on conditions. Oh, and you've got to save leave these humans here alone. Um, and for what reason the doctor would expect to trust the Daleks to honor that agreement after all his dealings with them is anybody's guess. Well, right. he, he says he, it's because he, the Daleks changed their minds and Daleks never changed their minds. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that I have altered the deal. Pray that we don't alter it further. I think he's had some experience yeah. with Daleks changing their minds. Yes. Um, the But any, in any event, he suddenly becomes suicidal and then Dalek Sec intervenes to save him and bring him back to... Uh, to the Empire State Building because he's a genius and he can use them to, fo- to further their plans. Right. Oh, by the way, does nobody in New York City notice the giant laser battle going on in Central Park? <laughs> hey, it's New York. No one wants to get involved. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's New York City. Of course, it's, everything's happening over there. Uh, so Dalek Sec thinks, yeah, he thinks, now he thinks that Dalek should have emotions again and they should not reign supreme um and then they they want to use the bodies of the people they killed to make new hybrids as the mm. and the doctor's going to help with this uh because yeah. because he hopes that'll make the daleks into uh moral daleks but but is this moral is this right no no <laughs> oh, so what you have here are people who have been uh mentally damaged Right. By Daleks, they're still alive, but they're mentally damaged, and you mm-hmm. want to brainwash them. And the doctor is okay with that. Well, not well, not just brainwash them, but completely change their genetic code to splice in Dalek DNA as well. Right. right. You're, so you're gonna you're gonna physically manipulate them in addition to the Dalek brainwashing. Right. Yeah. Now he's thinking this is not going to be a full Dalek brainwash; that they're going to be humanized still. But it it just the morality of this, the doctor just is in Dr. Frankenstein mode here. He's not thinking yeah. through the moral implications of this. 
By the way, this, this part of the episode was did have some nice homages to the classic Frankenstein movie. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where they lower the bodies down from the ceiling mm-hmm. on the platforms. And that was yeah, that was classic. And of course, the lightning thing is yeah, the, and they're is all the they're all wrapped up and stuff. Yeah. I, I do want to mention real quick one one annoyance I have with with this part, though. It's you know, you watch them when they they lower the 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 gurney, they turn off the switch. Those nice switches, you yes. have to close yeah. the contact for it to work, not pull it apart. These must be dead men switches. And they did that three <laughs> times, three times during this episode. They did that. It's like, are you kidding me? You're Apparently kidding. you've never actually used these. <laughs> True. By the way, get it? Dead men switches? Yes. They yes. Were dead yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Tallulah, uh, uh, looking out upon New York City from the top of uh, the Empire State Building, says, New York City. I'm going to try to do her accent. If aliens had to come to Earth, no wonder they came here, except all the times they went to London. To London, yeah. yeah. In the past, by the way, not just in the present day. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, of course. I, I think you did a better ac- better accent trying to impersonate her than she did trying to impersonate a New Yorker. <laughs> I want the... Uh, the, uh, the 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 friends uh, one. Hey, how you doing? All right. Uh, so, <laughs> by the way, at this point in the story, so Tallulah. Speaking of Tallulah, she's up on the top of the Empire State Building now with Martha and Frank, and they're looking at blueprints, trying to figure out what the Daleks' plan is based on the blueprints. And so we get not comic relief, but romantic subplot. Now we get more mm-hmm. Martha soap opera. Yep. Where yeah, yeah. And 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 the first time I saw this season, the Martha thing and her relationship with the doctor really didn't leap out at me. But, mm-hmm. that, you know, watching it now, um, it, even with long gaps between individual episodes, the Mar- they're really dragging out the Martha thing. Oh, yeah. Um, the, this was ultimately the problem with Martha Jones as a companion, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't mind that they did it. I'm I, they right, I mean, the way after, they did it. Yeah. After after having an intense relationship with Rose that brought the doctor for the first time to really have love on screen for a companion Mm -hmm. in the in that way to and then lose her. It is natural to then say, okay, let's explore the flip side of that. Let's let's have the doctor, Mm -hmm. you know, be grieving for Rose. And how what form does that take? It's either going to take rebound or isolation. Yep. And and bringing in a character who's then interested in him that he doesn't reciprocate and doesn't handle in the best way. That's an interesting dramatic choice. I don't mind that they made that dramatic choice. I think it's it's logical to explore that, but they're really dragging it out. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. the, the whole line of why well, he, he's looking at me, but it's obvious he's, he's thinking of someone else, you know, thinking of Rose while he's looking at her. And it's just like, uh, that's kind of sappy. <laughs> well, it reaches its poignancy in a couple of episodes. Uh, what is the title of it? The one where the doctor has lost his memory uh, oh, around oh, the time of nature. World War One. Yeah, human, human nature, family of blood. Yes. Uh, and, and it reaches a Now, there it's got a sort of poignancy to it, which works better than it does now. Mm-hmm. Where it's just the piney. I mean, in the Shakespeare Code, it was at its, I think, at its lowest point where she was just kind of being obvious and he was just being a jerk. And yep. here he's not really reacting to her at all. It's just her pining from afar. But you're right. It, they just they are just dragging it out in it. I think it it harms Martha's time as a companion. I mean, I just I wish they'd got yeah. over it and moved on. Uh, like, yeah. Like you say. Um, 
So we have a so at one point Martha reflects on the uh, on the killing of the pig slaves, which is good that 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 comes up because these were people that have been mm-hmm. mutilated and mentally and physically. Uh, and now conveniently they have a lifespan of only a few weeks, so we don't have to worry about them. Right, right. Uh, we don't have to try to fix them or deal with them living a, a full human life. Otherwise, uh, they uh, the the new. Um, Dalek human hybrids uh, are, are activated. They're more robotic than they are uh, independent. Uh, in some mm-hmm. sense, they don't, they don't seem to have mm-hmm. at first any independent thought. They are uh, armed and given a... with laser Tommy guns. Yes. I love it. I, thought <laughs> I was going to cool. mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was like, oh, come on, come on. Like I thought they were cool. I mean, that yeah, they're kind of dorky in a way, but I mean, the laser guns that you have to you, you actually you know, activate the yeah, it, it's just, still it's a little on the nose for me because, oh, it's 1930s New York. You got to have Tommy guns. Yeah, it's a Tommy gun with a Dalek blaster stuck on the front of it. Right. Um, and then we have the Dalek humans. They, they're they ordered to kill the doctor and refuse to obey. Um, and but I love the how they do it. They, they, they're just like, but why? But why? But why? Yeah, and I'm so like, they oh, they're toddlers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they became two-year-olds. I think, oh, I, I, I can understand why the other Daleks killed them. They get annoyed with them, too. <laughs> yeah. So so we need to back up to explain why this happens for a second, because the Daleks were waiting for the gamma ray, the gamma strike, which is yes. going to be gamma rays emitted by our sun. And our sun does emit some gamma rays in powerful solar flares. So that's OK. But then they're going to strike the front half of the planet and wrap themselves around the atmosphere and <laughs> to the take night side. the form of to the night side and take the form of lightning for some reason and then be a, which is a different kind of energy and well a different frequency of energy and lightning's also a plasma but then um, <laughs> that they're going to be attracted by the Dalekanium casing that has been attached to the antenna on the top of the Empire State or the spire on the top of the Empire State Building and be funneled down to power the uh, conversion of the humans into Dalek humans. Mm-hmm. And the doctor has gone up there. <clears throat> to strip off in the lightning storm to strip off the Dalekanium casing. And he is able to sonic one of the pieces off, but then he drops the sonic screwdriver. So there's still two pieces of mm. Dalekanium on there. It's still going to attract a bunch of the gamma strike. And so all he can think to do is get suicidal again and grab <laughs> the antenna and let the the gamma strike go through his body so that somehow his DNA <laughs> will get mixed into the power supply for the <laughs> medical procedure. Yeah. And that will go up the electrical. His DNA will go up the electrical cords that are powering this and get infused into the patient's. Um, none of this makes any sense but none of this makes any sense you're missing the most important question does it produce 1.21 gigawatts (laughs) (laughs) it powers the TARDIS makes it go through time yeah (laughs) Um, so in any event he somehow got his DNA into these human Dalek things and thus upset the Daleks calculations 
of how this is supposed to work. And he's just happened to hit the jackpot of all the things that could happen. He's given them a conscience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> you can just imagine it in the writer's room. The, the, that's the thing. Is like I mean, it's kind of why I, uh, I, I kind of skimmed over that just because as I'm watching it, it didn't make any sense. It still doesn't make any sense. Like all of this no. is sort of well, I, I like. How does this? It, it's just sort of a whole bunch of stuff that they strung together because we needed to get all the pieces together at this final moment where Dalek Sek sacrifices himself. Um, and then the human uh, Daleks uh, rebel against the the rest of the cult of Scaro because, right. you know, it, it, because the doctor tells them to uh, because we have time time Lord Victorious once again, by the way. Um, yeah. and, and, and by the way, the sonic screwdriver failed as a screwdriver or almost failed as a screwdriver. Right, it, right. <laughs> to unscrew the Dalectanium, it almost didn't do it. it. It's it's a fundamental thing that it does is unscrew things. I mean, that is basically and it didn't do it well. <laughs> they couldn't do the unscrewing. Yeah. Um, so so the human Daleks, on the orders of two of the members of the cult of Scaro, kill Dalek Sack. So yeah. we're now down to three members of the cult of Scaro. Then when the human Daleks rebel, they kill two more. Yep. So um so now we're down to only uh Dalek Khan and who's not in the room at the moment. He's back at the control center. And so when he realizes when Dalek Khan realizes the humans have rebelled, he flips a switch in their head, killing all of them that remain. Which is so now we don't have to worry about them anymore. Right. And that leaves us with the only person we have to worry about is Laszlo that the Daleks have messed with. Right. Well, by the way, they he flips the switch to self-destruct the human Daleks. Well, why did he do yep. that first? Why go through this extended like battle where they where you end up yeah. losing two thirds of the rest of your race? Yeah, good <laughs> oh, point. Yeah, it's a little slow. Yeah, Daleks are not the smartest uh, creatures, I guess. Um, but they are the supreme master race, or something. Right, and so as as the, the oh by the, by by the way, I I, I like yeah. how the doctor has this line about telling the 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 Daleks if you choose death and destruction then death and destruction will choose you and it's I, I think I've heard that before only something about those who live by the sword will <laughs> die by the sword mm. yeah uh, you could keep that one he said to Jesus at the time yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's a future episode <laughs> where he I goes, hope not <laughs> boy I hope they don't ever do that so, uh, the, yeah, the doctor confronts Dalek Khan and Dalek Khan time shifts again. Oh, oh, yeah. Also, this was the another time in this episode the, do the doctor became suicidal because he didn't know what the human Daleks were going to do. And he's standing up on top of those chairs in the theater, which was actually cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can do, but it's dangerous. So don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, but he's he he again seems to have no plan and is inviting them to kill him. Yeah. So I don't know what's with the doctor's death wish in this story, but it like happens three times. Yeah. <laughs> Just you watch me, says the Time Lord triumphant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, so as as the episode comes to an end, we, we we're like you said, we just have Lasso left and um, the doctor uh, grabs a bunch of junk in the laboratory and plays with it in order to try to save Laszlo, um, which apparently which he does. See. Right. Yeah, well, he, he say, 
saves him, extends his lifespan, but forgets to give him plastic surgery. Yeah, just exactly. why not give him the little bit of like <laughs> reconstruction? Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, Laszlo is the uh, uh, as we said at the beginning. I'm not sure Laszlo is <laughs> is going to be going home to meet the Lula's family at this point, mm. but because uh, uh, yeah. that little picking it up from the beginning. So oh, I love it. I love it. By the way, during the extended uh, sequences where we're getting these obvious hints that Laszlo is going to die soon, yes. at one point he completely collapses, and Martha diagnoses him and says, "His heart is beating like mad. I've never seen anything like it before." It's like, really, Martha? You're a doctor, and you've never seen tachycardia before. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you. I, I hope, I hope. I hope most doctors in your hospital have because it's very common. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You need she needs some more training, I think. Uh so that brings us to the end uh um you know the Martha says, "Do you think we'll ever see the Daleks again?" and the doctor says, "Oh yes, one day." You know, uh, foreshadowing, not 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 a stretch, yeah. I guess. Uh so uh final thoughts on these two episodes. Uh, I I'm, I'm gathering that uh, none of us were all that uh uh, 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 high on the on these two episodes, we don't no. rank them very highly. <laughs> no, I I thought um, I thought the last scene with the Doctor and Dalek Khan was particularly unfortunate because Dalek Khan is preparing to emergency temporal shift away, and yeah. so he's going to escape. Um, and the doctor's trying to talk him out of it. And the doctor shows up after the massacre in the theater. The doctor gets to where Dalek Khan is in the control center and 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 says, I'm the only man in the universe that might show you some compassion, which is a line that makes no sense because there are lots of people stupid enough to show Daleks compassion. Right. Um, that's in fact, they regularly rely on that. So yes. Um, so that line makes no sense. And, but it's just meant for grandstanding purposes about <laughs> I'm the last of my kind. You just committed a genocide and I'm not going to do what you just did to show how good I am. So it's virtue signaling by the doctor. Right. Um, that really doesn't make any sense. And then he offers to help Dalek Khan. But doesn't explain what he plans to help him with. So, yes, I have I, it, the dialogue in that scene seems to make no sense. Also, we have the um, I, I began to be distracted by the fact that his name is Dalek Khan. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's an interesting designation. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that human Dom and human father Corey. You <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mean like Dalek Sek and Dalek Khan? And yes, the Dalek Jast and everything. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, you know I, I had to look it up because I thought it was Khan, as in you know Rathacon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's C O N N, like what a naval ship has the Khan. Yeah. Oh, on my subtitles, and I think on Tardis Wiki, it was C A A N. Oh no, you're right. Like, it's C A A N. I misread like it. Yeah, the, like the actor. The city. Maybe it's James Khan in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a. It's yeah. It's an interesting. Um. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I didn't understand, like you know, the naming, the the that whole bit. It was, I, I mean, it's fine to leave to leave it unexplained. I guess. I mean, you don't have to explain everything, but uh, yeah, it was, it was in, different. In, in, incidentally, this is also not the first time we've seen a, a Dalek civil war involving genetic purity 
in their species. Um, they've also done that in remembrance of the Daleks in the Seventh Doctor's time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, uh, Father Corey. Any last thoughts on no. these two episodes? Okay. So, uh, so yep. That's uh, that's our our take on the the Daleks take Manhattan, the Muppet movie. And uh, <laughs> maybe that's what was on the top of uh, the dog hybrid's head was a Muppet. <laughs> kind of looked like one. Uh, so uh, that so we'd love to hear what you have to think. But first, um, we want to take a moment, uh, as we do in each of our episodes, to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to yeah. to make The Secrets of Doctor Who. Uh, we are very grateful uh, for your support. And today we want to thank uh, Dennis S. Uh, Fonseca, uh, Mary C., Jeffrey M., and Richard H., uh, through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Uh, they make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at sqpn.com. And you can join them in that support by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So <clears throat> what do you think of the this 10th Doctor two-part story, Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks, and, or what we had to say about it? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page and leave some feedback there or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. You can find links to all of our uh, social media and uh, our websites on our show notes at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the third Doctor story, Ambassadors of Death. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Doctor Who. Glad to be here and thank you, Dom. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you, Human Dom. Uh, And once again, I'm Human Dom Bethanelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, I am a human Dalek. I am your future. Right. This is going to be fun.